Good afternoon, Crosswalk. Wow, how are we doing this afternoon? Yes, I love that. You're awake, that's good, I love that. I can always count on you, thank you. Man, it is so good to worship in community with you and I'm so delighted to be here. I'm glad that you've chosen to worship here and if you're joining us online, I am thrilled that you found us. I hope you you stay, I hope you're able to visit at some point, but today I hope it feels like you're right here in the room with us. Friends, you know we've been in our Elemental series. This is season two, so if you missed any of this series already or if you missed season one, go online, check out our our series guides, download some of our uh, previous sermons, get yourself caught up. You don't want to miss it. It's been a really great series so far. But today, we're in week four, so we're talking about some of the key building blocks. You know, after we deconstruct and there's rubble lying around us, all these blocks are laying around, and we have to choose which ones are relevant to our faith and relevant to our walk with God and which ones we want to take back and build up our faith journey and our faith life with. So we've been talking about that, and this week, I want to offer... for your thought and consideration, one more of these blocks that you pick back up and take with you as you're rebuilding your faith and and, and journeying forward with Christ, and that is community. When we talk about crosswalk being in community, we, 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 you've heard us say up front, you've heard us, you've seen it on, uh, in, on our screen, you've seen it um, in writings other, where, other places that crosswalk is a community of belonging. Crosswalk is a community of belonging. What that means is that we want you to belong here. Not just feel like you belong here, but actually know that you belong here. We want you to know that this is your community, that this is your home, and to feel at home here. We're, we are... Um, we use this to guide how we develop our spaces, uh, like our lobby and our cafe and our um, our little area here in between the buildings, the kids' building, how we do all of that, our worship service, our outreach, that's all guided by these values that we want to be a community of belonging. And we're not just any community. We're a gathering, or in the biblical context, ecclesia, right? The assembly that's called together by God, or simply the church, So this ecclesia community, this is where the body of Christ is all connected together. So if you think of the body and the things that make it up, uh, skin and bones and muscle and tissue and tendons, it's all working together to, to, um, all working together, each doing different parts, but working for the single goal of having movement and having breath and having life. And the same thing in our church body too, right? All working together No matter what part we play or what we do, what role we have, we're all working together so that we move and we have breath and we have life as a church body and church community. So there's a great example that I saw. I was watching just uh, watching uh, one of the shows with my husband. And, and, and so this particular episode was about a coach and his, um, and his soccer team. Now, I am not particularly athletic when it comes to team sports. So just bear with me and like, don't call me out too hard on the details because I did learn it watching a TV show. So, um, but, but I was watching this and what I saw was a coach using, um, the, the episode was all about this coach using this method um, 
to, to have his players, it was called total football, right? So it's just this um, philosophy of soccer uh, that there's a lot of synergy on the field, there's a lot of movement, a lot of people play different roles and they go to different places than they're used to, but it's all based on communication. It's all based on the relationship they have with other players. And it, the reason that it, was, um, that it stood out to me is because I remember Growing up in the 90s, my teenage years, um, can you tell me, I'm sure you know, who, uh, who won the most championships in the 90s of basketball, basketball championships? You know who it was? Uh, the Chicago Bulls, that's right. They won six championships in the 90s, six out of 10 possible years, right? They won three in a row and then they were off a couple years and they won three more in a row. And they were using this, in, it wasn't total football, but it's the same philosophy. They called it a triangle offense, but it's the same thing, right? So it's this form of play that's really fluid, really dynamic, and it uses a couple of key players, but everyone goes through them and everyone works through them. They are working in collaboration with each other in such a way that it was superior to any of the other teams. And, and it stood out in my mind enough that even here now in the year 2023, I still remember that Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan were pretty awesome in the 90s. Their faces, they're still awesome today. Their faces were plastered everywhere. It was such a big deal and it was notable because what they were doing was different and how they went about it was different. And yeah, the philosophy had been around for several years, but they implemented it exceedingly well and had several championship wins to prove it. And so I wanna ask you, what relationships define your life? What relationships define you? Who in your life has been that major player has brought that synergy, has brought that energy to you, has changed the course of your life in a way that makes you say today, wow, I am here at this point in my life because of that person. Who is it that you're in relationship with? And then I have a second question for you, and this is related, but how um, can you be a Christian by yourself? Are we able to be Christians by ourselves and on our own? Are we able to be Christians all alone, secluded and cut off from anyone else? And you might have beliefs or you might have principles, you might have knowledge and understanding, and you might be in a stadium or a, a sporting event or a concert with people who all have beliefs and values and principles and understanding, but, and, and it could be even the same as yours. But why isn't that considered a community? Why isn't that considered a, a, a community of people. You're just attendees because there's no relationship with anyone else there. Maybe the person you came with, but nobody else there do you have a relationship. They don't know your name, they don't know your family, they don't know you at all. So what makes the Ecclesia, the church, so much different is that we're here in a community and you know your neighbor and if you don't, you should meet them, they're very nice. You know the people here, you know their faces, you sit in the same rows week after week, you know each other. And God created us for this community. He created us from the very beginning to have that desire of connection and community with each other and especially that relationship with him. So this is all part of God's design and God's plan. We need people in order to learn about love. In fact, community does so much for us that 
the stories of community and how God has worked in and for his community of believers are replete throughout scriptures, right? There are, there's example after example of where we see God's love and where we see him growing his church body and church community. And one of these, one of the things that the community can do for us is that it meets our practical needs. And so one really um, vibrant example of this can be found in the book of Acts. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42, and this is the early church, right? So this is the early Christians, early church that meet together. This is the story of them. All believers, it says in verse 42, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. They were devoted and committed to each other. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. They acknowledged together all the amazing things that God was doing in their lives, and they shared that with others. And the, the feeling of awe and wonder at what God could do grew because they were telling stories about what God was doing. And then awe begat awe, and gratitude begat gratitude. You know, our community empowers our relationship with God. So what I mean by that is when we see other, other believers acting in faith, that allows us to act in faith. When we see or hear of other believers acting in courage, that allows us to act in courage or to worship, that allows us to worship so we, we learn from those around us how to have a relationship with God how to be a follower. And, and Leonard Sweet uses this example. It's, um, it's a clip on YouTube. You can look it up later. Um, but it's uh, uh, um, from this, from this um, what was it called? The Sasquatch Festival, right? So it's a music festival. They're not looking for Big, Bigfoot. It's, um, it's a music festival and all the people that go. But it's, uh, there's one guy and he's just dancing by himself in this field and people are watching him but not engaging. And he's just dancing and it shows him doing that for a while by himself and then, and then soon enough, one person joins him. And then that kind of creates an excitement and an, and an energy and then soon enough, another person joins and they build excitement and energy and then another person joins and they build excitement and energy and soon by the end of the you know, two minute clip, that whole group of people is having fun, they're engaging, they are celebrating, they're dancing, they're, they are overflowing with joy and having a great time, but it was all because it, one person led the way, they were the first person. And they showed an example of how you could be, of how you could have fun, how you could be free, how you could do that in, in church community. We do that for others. We share how we can, we can celebrate and how we can worship and how we can learn and how we can grow when we share the stories that God has done for us. Being in community makes us better. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. So we make each other better, but that also means we are holding each other accountable. We might have to call someone out gently and kindly we, um, we hold people accountable. We have prayer partners or accountability departments and we, um, that allows us to join together and be in community together to receive the Holy Spirit. And when people recognize this, it means they're recognizing that we actually as a community, that community meets our need for love and relationship that God has intended. 
So this is our whole understanding of the gospel story, right? From Genesis to Revelation, or even from the beginning of time until, until time in the future, which is so far beyond understanding. But these relationships were broken in the Garden of Eden, and these are the same relationships that Christ sent, um, that Christ came to restore, right? The relationships between mankind and the relationships between mankind and God. This is what Christ came to restore. So the need for love and community is woven throughout our own tapestry and history and story. As much as our need to love others, so is our need to be loved. And Proverbs 17 talks about what this kind of love might look like. It says uh, in verse 17, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in times of need. Do you have a loyal friend in your life? Did they pick you up from LAX at 2 a.m.? <laughs> That's a loyal friend. Did they loan you their truck when you moved? Or better yet, did they drive the truck and help you load it with your stuff? These are loyal friends that we have in community. They're sh sure it isn't perfect. You know, we're all humans. We're all working together. But this is the kind of brotherly love, the phileo love that God is talking about. This is the friendship love that we have and that we share. Community also teaches us to work through our conflicts. You know them, right? We can't get by life without any conflicts. That's just part and parcel of being human. No matter how great our community is and no matter how wonderful the community members are, it's inevitable because we're human. So it's not, not um, so Paul reminds us to work through these conflicts and he gives us some wisdom to go with that. First, First Corinthians 1.10 says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with one another. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. And that doesn't mean all have the same opinion or the same exact interpretation and the same exact belief. What that means is that we put away our pride and listen to those other opinions and we learn to connect with others in love. And we look for peace and we look for communion with them, communication with them. We learn to trust one another and offer grace and mercy, especially in the difficult times. And maybe, maybe you come from a space where you haven't experienced a welcoming community. Maybe you had your church experience brought emotional trauma or spiritual injury. We can be angry at that situation. We can even be angry at the church, but hold on and remember because the church isn't Jesus. Jesus came with his love. He's perfect and infallible. He's not, doesn't make the same mistakes that we make, right? Church won't be perfect because humans aren't perfect. And this community may not be perfect, but it does provide several opportunities. And one of those is for healing, in James 5, 16, it says, if we confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Because the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That's why we invest so much in prayer. But also, this isn't to say that you have to bury your souls in front of the congregation or, or tell your darkest secrets to to large groups of people, but instead it's saying that 
you can be in fellowship and relationship with others and you can confess where you need help and they can be a stronger together in community. Even if it's just one person that you have in your community and in your corner, that still counts. And when you're able to share that, then healing can come in, brings things to light and things that stay dark, stay unhealed. But when you bring them to light, they're allowed that air and oxygen and light and those, those injuries begin to heal. And we do that in community with others. Community also gives us a chance to forgive. So when you're in a community, you're guaranteed multiple opportunities to forgive others. And if you're in a healthy community, hopefully you have multiple opportunities to be forgiven as well. First Peter 4.8 talks about it like this. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for one another for love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So use them well to serve one another. You know, I'm, this is hard because there's conflicts, right? It's not always sunny, it's not always roses, it's not always happy and healthy and cheerful, right? Sometimes there are conflicts to work through. So no matter how great the community or how well-intentioned the members might be, conflict's gonna happen. But God has given us so many gifts. I'll pick it back up in Peter. He's given us so many gifts from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And he asks us to use them to serve each other. So he says this, do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of healing? Then do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. And then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. You know, they say that if you have two together, you can conquer anything. Two together can accomplish anything. And that's usually a good thing. If they're two toddlers, maybe not. <laughs> but if there's two people gathered together, you can accomplish anything. And the Bible says even more if there are three, for a, a braided cord is, is stronger, it's unbreakable. And if there's three, then imagine if there are 30 in community and engaged. And imagine if there, how strong 30 is, imagine 300 worshiping together. Imagine 3,000. Imagine a community that's engaged in this way. Because a community that is called by God is a community that's always moving. So engage with your community. It'll grow and it will sharpen you. It will act as a refining fire and help create the best and strongest version of who you are meant to be. It's not our behavior that makes us more like Christ, although it can, it can definitely be more or less Christ-like, but it's our connections and how we choose to relate to others that truly makes us more like Christ. 
It helps us live into that greatest commandment, right? To love one another. To be a Christian means that you are part of that community. And I hope that you feel that you are part of this community, that you belong, that, that you're not only a consumer who attends, but you are part of the body of Christ. That you, um, that you come not just to be a part of the community, but that you come so that you can be community for somebody else while you're here. And that the Holy Spirit comes and fills your heart and overflows into your life in a way that others want to join in and others want to be a part of that. That your life and your testimony is a witness. So we know this elemental need of humidity, humility, it should become one of our elemental building blocks of faith. We're called to recognize our need for community and our need to be the community for those around us. We're called to put away our consumerism and instead become a collaborator with Christ in our community. So I invite you into that challenge. I invite you into, into being an active member. I know many of you already are, but if you're on the fence or you wonder where you fit, I invite you in. Be a part of this community, don't be afraid. We know that our great God is long-suffering with us. We know that he opens his arms wide even when we push away. And he helps us. He helps us through our relationships. He helps us see the needs in others and he is present. And so I just wanna pray that prayer over you and bless you today that you may have that, you may have his spirit and feel it. Let's bow our heads. Holy God, you are such a great God. You've opened your arms to us and taught us the greatest commandment of all is to love one another. You created us to be in community with each other and with you. You have given us a plan and a purpose and called us by name and asked that all we do is proclaim who you are and what you've done in our lives. I pray this blessing that the Holy Spirit pours out on each person here and each family that they represent, that they may be living witnesses to share the testimony of what you have done for each one, that we live in community, that we live in love, that we live in care for each other. For we pray all of these things in your holy name, amen. Let's stand and sing one more time. <laughs>